Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, come on now. Good morning. Good morning. Right. It is indeed a pleasure to be here with everyone. And the name of Jesus is such a, a wonderful name. I don't know about you, but Jesus has done so much for me uh, in my lifetime and for my family. Uh, but the name of Jesus that is above all names. And we come here today to worship him in spirit and in truth and to give him honor and glory. It is indeed a pleasure to be here with you uh, here today at the fellowship. Um, I enjoyed the last time that I was here and Appreciate the introduction by Brother Scott, but that's a little pressure. <laughs> Just a little bit of pressure. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So without any further ado, if we would, we're going to go to Luke, uh, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. And as we are going there, once again, we thank you for all of your hospitality on behalf of myself and my wife, Angie, and my daughter, Amelia, uh, who are here uh, with us today. And I also have a few of my former members. I was a pastor up until a few months ago, two to three months ago, at Grace Fellowship Ministries. And the Lord just put upon my heart to... Uh, devote my energies full-time to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I stepped down from that position, so I'm so glad to see a few of my uh, former members uh, from Grace Fellowship Ministries here as well. But we'll go to Luke, the sixth chapter. Now we're looking at these red letters today. The words of Jesus. Ever since when I was a little bitty boy, just looking at those Red letters, when you start to read those, you just kind of perk up. Oh, this is Jesus talking. We should perk up for all of it, but when you see those red letters, you sit up straight and you pay more attention. You know, the Lord wants us to hear this word today, I'm sure, in my mind and in my heart and in my soul. So I just encourage you just for a little while. Uh, that he that hath ears today, let him hear the word of God. And we're coming from Luke, the sixth chapter. Going to begin at verse 27. And before we read, if you would, let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to come and to, to preach and declare your holy word. And now, Lord, just uh, we ask, I ask, I beseech you, Holy Spirit, to continue to be here in our midst. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to cause me to be a mouthpiece for the Lord, and not to speak from my flesh, but to be guided by you and speak words that are pleasing and acceptable in the sight of the Lord, and let this message be for the uplifting, the encouraging, 
the reprovement of these, of us, your children. Lord, I ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Reading here from Luke, the sixth chapter, and it begins, but I say to you who hear, and if you would, it's just, it's a habit that I always do. It's customary because the Old Testament tells us that when the word of God was read, that the people stood in reverence unto the reading of God's word. So if you would, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Going to begin at verse 27. Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek off of the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Thank you, and you may be seated. An entitlement of our message uh, today is how to love your enemies. How to love your enemies. Going back to verse 27. As we open up with this, we keep in mind uh, the sign of the times, the, the, um, the atmosphere of the time when this was written. Jerusalem was under Roman rule. The people were under heavy taxation. The soldiers, you know, a soldier just, could just come up to uh, a Jewish citizen and just say, hey, I need you to tote this burden for a mile. And if the person refused or even said anything out of the ordinary, they would probably receive a backhand across the face. It was a very tumultuous time. And even today, we are living in some tumultuous times. There's a lot going on in this world. But the Lord was getting ready. He was preparing the disciples for 
a lot of things and encounters that they were getting ready to go through. We see here, if you look at verse 17 in the sixth chapter, that Jesus had came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people. There were a lot of people. Not only were there disciples, but there's always there was a lot of people there. Now we keep in mind also in the previous verses that Jesus had just been up all night praying unto the Lord. And then he had chosen his apostles. So they were mixed into this group as well. But there were disciples, but there were also a lot of people there. So today this word is directed to us. It's directed to the disciples. And maybe also the number. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ today? Are you just part of the number? Are you going through the motions week in and week out? Are you coming to church because others do? Or because somebody asks you or tells you to? A great multitude of people who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Everybody wants something from Jesus. But to whom much is given, much is required. Are you a disciple or are you part of the number? Are we always asking to receive but not giving? A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. One who has denied themselves, picked up their cross, has picked up their cross, and now is determined to follow him daily. There may be some missteps in your, in your life. You may stumble sometimes, but you're determined to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, it says in verse 19. For power went out from him and healed them all. He healed the disciples. He healed the multitude. Everybody wasn't a disciple, but he healed the multitude. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. That the sunshine shines on the evil and the good. The sun is shining on everybody today by God's grace. Sinner and saint in this community today, the sun is shining on us by God's grace. Don't you know that it's by God's grace that we're here today? And as we begin to look at how to love your enemies. It's also in the midst of this message just how to love. How to love your enemies. How to love your friends. How to love your children. How to love your mother, your dad. Just simply 
how to love. Verse 20 says, then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, and then he began the Beatitudes and also the woes. And I understand that you've covered this in previous weeks. But my main point in these prescriptions is that he lifted up his eyes now toward his disciples. Now the multitude around, they could hear it, that was fine. But he is speaking now to the disciples. I'm preaching to the disciples here today. And if you're not a disciple, that you want to have a made up mind. That you're open to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Life gets tough sometimes. Life has its ups and its downs. They were getting ready to go through some things following this man, Jesus Christ. He wanted to prepare them. He wanted them to know how to deal with the Romans. He wanted them to know how to deal with the evil tax collectors. Matthew, who was even one, a tax collector. But the Lord's grace and mercy is for everyone. He invited him to come and be a part of his merry band over there in the fifth chapter of Luke. And when he decided to follow him, he went to Matthew's house and they had a meal. And there were other tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors were lumped right in there with the sinners. But Jesus was sitting right in there with them because his grace is sufficient for all of us. His grace is sufficient for you and for me. His grace is sufficient for your enemy today. Who is your enemy or who are your enemies in life? You know, I, I thought about that. I'm like, man, who is really my enemy? Because an enemy is a person who is actively opposed or hostile towards someone? Who in your life that you know is actively opposed towards you? That in your mind that they are an enemy. And you've been trying to figure out how to deal with this individual. The Jewish people didn't know how to deal with the Romans. Didn't know how to deal with the tax collectors. Poverty was all throughout the land. Riches and being well-to-do was only for a select few. The Pharisees, the Sadducees had sold out to the Romans. The people were being heavily, heavily taxed. Tribute was having to be paid to Rome. And when people couldn't pay their taxes to the tax collectors. I read to where a lot of times the tax collectors would have the people, members of the family, pulled out and they would be tortured in front of their family members. Now keep in mind that Matthew was a tax collector. 
but now he had been called into the fold. And I also see that there was a guy named Simon. There were two Simon Peter, but Simon the Zealot was also chosen as an apostle. And as I researched this and looked at this from different angles, the zealots were what we would call terrorists today. A political movement. They wanted the Romans gone out of their country. They wanted to stand up for their Jewish brethren. They would attack caravans. They would murder Romans. They would attack tax collectors, those who had sided with the Romans. John MacArthur said that this Simon was a part of that group of the zealots. And then there was this old preacher called John Gill about 300 years ago. He's one of the commentators that I used. He agreed with that as well. He was the pastor at the church of Charles Spurgeon about 100 years before Charles Spurgeon came onto the scene. So a lot of times I use the, the old commentaries and the new because a lot of today's commentators, they don't agree that Simon was a true zealot. But in my meditation, in my spirit, the Lord has put this in the scripture for a reason. Listing the apostles as Matthew, the tax collector, and also Simon, the zealot. Two people who would naturally hate each other. Jesus was now bringing them together as one. Black and white, down through the years, there have been a lot of hatred. Two years ago, you know that I like to address the elephant that's in the room sometimes because it's all about God's love. From one opposite extreme to the other, there's been hate down through the years, but God is bringing us together through his all-encompassing love. And this is now what Jesus was demonstrating to his disciples in verse 27, it says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. It's all about love today. Love. In the Greek, there's the phileo love, which is a brotherly love. The word which we get our, our word, our name of the city, Philadelphia. There's eros, the romantic, sensual type love. And then there's agape. And this is what Jesus is talking about here today. It's unconditional. It's not based on feelings. It's unselfish. It involves action and obedience. Faithfulness. And it is Sacrificial. It involves sacrifice. This agape love, man, is something that we have to, you, it's hard to get a grip on. Because this is the love that Jesus demonstrated for all of us. 
when he allowed himself to be crucified upon the cross. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Love your enemies. If you will, go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. You see, it's all about love. We can do all of these great things. We can help others. You can feed the poor. You can clothe the poor, the poor, visit the sick. But if we don't have love, doesn't mean a thing. We can do all the photo ops on Instagram and and Facebook of, of helping others, doing this for that person. But you know what? We got to think about how that person feels. Agape love is unselfish. What about the person that we are helping? And we take that picture and we put it on Facebook and Instagram. And what about their children? who may get mocked and ridiculed at school. We have to think about others and having compassion for others. It's all about love. Paul said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains. But have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. It's going to take some long suffering to love your enemy. Even with your own family members sometimes, it's, it's going to take long suffering. I wonder if I can get an amen from my wife. <laughs> long suffering is a part of our lives. It's a part of it. But in loving your enemy, it's going to take some long suffering. If they take your tunic, we are to give it to them, Jesus instructed. If they take away your cloak, give them your tunic also. They strike you on one cheek, then turn the other. I'm still working on that part. So don't try it after service. And let, let's see how much this brother will love. <laughs> I'll give you a quick story from a long time ago. I was in about the uh, sixth grade. We got off the school bus and somebody had told Diane, we're friends today. 
I'm 56 years old, but we were about 11, 12 years old. Somebody had told this great, magnificent lie on me about something. I don't know what. When I got off the school bus at school, she just walked up and just laid into me and smacked me in my glasses. Man, they just flew across the lot. And my reflex, my reflexive action, I swung and hit a girl. Now, now, don't send me to jail now. We were 11 years old. It was a reflexive action. And that's how it is in our lives today. A lot of times when people offend us and they do us wrong, our reflex is to strike back. But Jesus, he said, love your enemies. And do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Now the happy ending to that story is. Once we were juniors in high school. I took her to the prom. (laughs) That's the good ending to that story. But as we continue to look at love. We must have the agape love in ministry to others because we have to know that love never fails. When you're dealing with others in life, when you're dealing with enemies in your life, know that love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. But now there's faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest thing that we can possess in our lives. The greatest virtue that we can possess is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him shall not perish. He gave his only begotten son for us. What are we doing in sacrifice? Are we presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice? Are we seeking to prove what is his good and accepting and acceptable and perfect will in our lives? Love is what it takes to overcome your enemy. Love is what will bring your enemy into the fold. Just because somebody is your enemy today doesn't mean that they won't be your friend tomorrow. A lot of times we cannot give up on individuals. Remember that Jesus went into the house of Matthew with all the rest of the tax collectors and sinners that the Jewish people despised. And he sat in their midst. All because of love. How much love do we have in us? How much long suffering do we have in us? And as we are coming toward the conclusion of our message, we look at a few more of the scriptures. Verse 32, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? It's easy to love those who love you. That's an easy thing. But this thing, credit, when I read this, I used the New King James Version. I kept looking at this term, credit. And I kept thinking about those great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews. Watching us run this race in life. I encourage you to cast aside every weight and sin that so easily gets you off course. By first, loving God, and then secondly, loving your neighbor. But what kind of cred do you have in heaven? What kind of cred do I have? What kind of credit acknowledgement does the life that I'm living have in heaven? What kind of credibility do you have today in the sight of those great witnesses as you continue to run this race of faith? And in closing, once again, he comes back to verse 35. But love your enemies. Jesus circled all the way back around. To love your enemies. We can sit down and we can discuss problems. We can hash it out. But it boils down to loving your enemies. But once again, who are your enemies? And when when a person shows you that they are your enemy, believe it. Accept it. Down through the years, I've had a problem with that. Oh, it's okay. Something comes out of them. You know, uh, their words are, are smoother than butter, but I can tell that war is in their heart. When a person shows you that they are your enemy, it's not that you despise them. you got to love them more. We have to keep reaching out to them. Love your neighbor as yourself. First, we have to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And then love our neighbor as ourselves. Remember what we said about agape, that it's not based on feelings. Agape love is not based on feelings. It is a commitment. It is a faithfulness unto God. I don't know about you, but I love Oh, Tim. So I'm supposed to love you like I love myself. And I encourage anybody here today that if you don't love yourself, I'm not talking about in a conceited way, but in an appreciative way, that by God's grace, he's allowed you to make it this far in life. That, Lord, I thank you The Bible says in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. So I love me because God loves me. And now because I love myself, a new creature in Christ Jesus, I love you. 
when we go out of here today, when our eyes meet, say hello. Shake my hand. When I go to churches, I look at everybody that I walk by. And a lot of times people will look the other way. I look down. I don't know what it is. I know I'm a big, handsome guy. <laughs> but shake my hand. If you need a handshake, if you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. But love one another. It's so imperative in the world that we live in today that we begin to grasp and embrace the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, in verse 35. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of of the most high. I don't know about you, but it is an honor to be the son of the most high. The only true God, the eternal God, the one who sent Jesus Christ for you and for me as our Savior. It is an honor to be a part of the royal priesthood the holy nation, to be a part of the peculiar people of God. It takes a peculiar person to love their enemy. When you know that somebody can't stand your guts, <laughs> but through your commitment, your agape love that you have learned from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit has imparted in you, you're able to love anyway. Love your enemies. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. We are to be imitators of Christ. So he was kind to the unthankful and evil. And so are we to imitate that as well. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. It always, one of the favorite scriptures in my mind, is also in the Beatitudes and in the other account, is that blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Just know that when you're merciful to other people, that God is watching you and that you have credit. You have credit in heaven. You are being watched and you shall obtain mercy. I don't know about you, but I need all the mercy I can get. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. My time is up, and I've told you before, in my last time that I was here, every time I preach, I get happy because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be dead and in the ground. Young people, as I get ready to take my seat,
I'm supposed to be dead and in the ground with a nice, pretty tombstone. Not having a wife, not having a beautiful child. I'm not supposed to be here. I made a bad choice when I played professional ball, came home in the offseason, stayed out all night in the club, fell asleep at the wheel, hit another person head on. Only by God's grace that I'm here. The state trooper said, son, I don't see how you are alive. Only by God's grace that I'm here and other ladies survived as well. So young people, for every action, for old people, for everybody, for every action, there's a reaction in our life. And as we get ready to close this message, just ask everybody to keep in prayer as we go before the Lord in prayer. The family of Jayshon, the young man who was killed at Mount Juliet High School. Keep him in prayer. Pray for the young people, those here at this church who know him. Keep that family in prayer. Keep our youth in prayer. The prince of the power of the air is unleashed. We have to love one another, and we have to love our enemy with agape love.